Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast. I don't know why, but that music always gets me hype. I don't know where Jay got it, but it's good music. Hello, Matthew. Hello. How, how's the great How's the Great White North? Uh, you know what? It's pretty interesting here. I uh, I woke up this morning, and uh, and the forecast the forecast said uh, that it was not going to rain, and I proceeded to walk outside, and it was raining. So, oh, solid. I've learned I've learned never to trust forecast here. The locals just say, just always be prepared for some craziness. I trust Jonathan Hunter, and that's it. <laughs> so that's fair. That's fair. But uh, it's still a balmy uh, a balmy fifty eight degrees. Well, Matthew, um, let's do this. Let's talk a little bit about your soccer exploits um, before we get into the the two games that we're going to review from this past weekend, um, or this past week, I should say. Um, So yeah, you have been uh, at a Halifax Wanderers game as you are a wannabe Canadian. So tell us a little about that. Uh, Really, really good experience, honestly. Uh, They don't have, so they don't, let me start from kind of the beginning of the day. They don't have a tailgating culture. Um, well, yeah, they, they're from the north. Yeah, it, it, well, they just take more of a like that English type of uh, type of support uh, style. Like they go to the pubs before the match, kind of meet the supporters, meet up, and then march in together, and then they kind of just disperse for a while. And uh, the stadium's really, really cool. It's set up in uh, a public park called the Wanderers Grounds. Uh, very old school location for rugby, for some soccer. Um, and, and one of several massive public spaces. Uh, they've got, you know, a commons for some other various sports, uh, the grounds now, and it's right next, it's situated right next to the public gardens. Uh, we're beautiful, beautiful park and all of it kind of in the shadow of the historic Halifax Citadel. There's an old, old port, um, not port, excuse me, uh, an old fort uh, used to defend the starting point of really defending North America, a uh, really, really cool location. Uh, it's currently just a pop-up stadium. So, you know, very modular, uh, expandable, but not, not exactly permanent uh, with a ton of shipping containers. I mean, everywhere. So a little bit of Atlanta vibes, Atlanta, like the Atlanta Silverbacks park vibes with all the shipping containers. Yeah. It's got, it's got a, I would say it's got some 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 Atlanta Silverbacks Park vibes. Uh, I think the the stands are a little bit less permanent though, uh, but they do it in, in a really really good way. I think capacity is about sixty five hundred, um, so it, it's big. It was I mean it was pretty full. There was I think sixty three hundred fans there yesterday. It's the best supported team in the CPL. Uh, just just really great atmosphere, and it was really good to be there. They were very very welcoming. It reminded me of a CFC game honestly. Great. They also so, have uh, uh, they also have like almost the same jerseys as us. They they have yeah Volkswagen, uh, Volkswagen of Canada on the front of their jerseys, but just the VW logo, just like ours. Uh, their colors are are blue and white. Basically, that's it. Like it's it's fantastic. A uh, lot of similarities, a lot of parallels, and overall, it was a really it was a really great day. Uh, on the field, they're they're legitimately terrible. Like they're bad. Uh, so give me, give me the quick rundown so we don't take too much of this podcast, but why are they so bad on the field? Well, their captain is hurt and he's their starting six and they're starting 10 towards ACL, the second game of the season, uh, who is their best player by far. And if they have a quality drop off after those two players is pretty rough. I think there, there might be another couple injuries in the squad. Um, but they just got, they just got run over by a better team. And sometimes that happens. We we've all been there, uh, but it was really good to be there and really good to to hang out, meet some supporters, just enjoy enjoy the time. So, awesome, yeah. What uh, what pregame bar did you go to, and how was it? Uh, I went to a place called Maxwell's Plum, which is just right across the street from my hotel. I've been there a couple times now this week. So and then like people just go to various random places. You just never really know the Irish pub. Uh, a couple streets down was packed because there's an outdoor space. It was one of the few days. Uh, game day was one of the few days that it was like beautiful blue skies and sun. And uh, people kind of came in from all over the place. Just really, I mean, Argyle Street's packed before the game. Some of the pubs down on Spring Garden near the stands are, are packed before the game. And then uh, 
I really enjoy gates open 90 minutes before the match starts and they run happy hour for those first 60 minutes closing at uh, 30 minutes before the match starts, which is just half price drinks. It was awesome. That's fun. Uh, that's oh, very, and, very, very good. You know how everything's a little bit more expensive up here? Yes. Beer's not. <laughs> beer is cheaper than at Finley Stadium. Well, that's not surprising. Imagine, uh, imagine me drinking two beers for less than it costs to get one at Finley. <sighs> By the way, if you don't know, if people do not know, there are still $5 beers at Finley if you show your season pass. Um, that does still work. I did that last weekend and got some cheaper beers uh, for $5. So that was good. But yeah, fuck those stadium pricing, man. It's terrible. We need to get the word out on that a little bit better, I think. Yep, yep. I didn't realize that was still a thing. So This it, podcast is now officially sponsored by $5 beers. $5 beers. All right, we won't ruin $5 it. $5 beers, $5 beers, $5 beers. Da, 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 da. All right, on to... We should probably move on. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> All right, CFC women, uh, unfortunately, let's go chronologically, um, played on Wednesday, and they fell 3-0 at home to, or 0-3, I guess, uh, at home to the Knoxville Force, or whatever the hell they're called nowadays, um, but some iteration of Force, because everyone <laughs> in Knoxville's always been called the Force. Um yeah, so I'll give you a few. I have not rewatched the game. Uh, I watched it live uh, in person, and then I was on Helga for the first half, and then I was um, did some different stuff in the second half, helped Kappa, helped do a few other things. So I got to watch it a bit, but I don't have, I don't know, the best tactical thoughts. Um, kind of don't want to rewatch this when it kind of hurt a little bit. Um, so first, first a few thoughts for me. Um, the starting lineup was a little different, and I think it didn't work um, as well. I thought we came out kind of flat. Um, I would have predicted that Jackie and, and Kaylee would have been a good um, starting pairing, but they really never linked up up top. So the for anyone who doesn't know, didn't see the starting lineup, the starting lineup was Caroline Johnson in goal, um, had Polly at left back, Rocio at left center back, Avery Catlett at right center back, and Anna Lanter at right back. Uh, Vanessa Lara started, or Vanessa Laura started in the um, holding midfielder role to six. Uh, Cece started at the left side at eight, uh, Aguilar, Elizabeth Aguilar, you know, this podcast's favorite player, uh, started on the, at the right side, right side at eight, Jazzy Jazz, Jazz, Jasmine Marquez started at the 10 and then Jackie Montez and Kaylee Burrell, who I think have been the two bright spots on the attacking side started at the two, um, strikers. So this was a four, four bill diamond. Um, I thought it was, um, set up to do well. And I thought we came out kind of flat, which was a bummer. Um, Kaylee and for whatever reason, Kaylee and Jackie kind of never, found that like, you know, strikers and forwards need to find that like connection. And uh, they just never seemed to quite know where the other one was going. So um, didn't quite go as well as I would have guessed. That's just part of it. Um, and yeah, we, we conceded in the 31st minute, I think that was the first yeah. goal we conceded and it was kind of all downhill from there. Um, let me, let me break up. Let me break up the, the first half a little bit because I think, I think there are two very different games before and after the water break around around minute 25 or so uh i agree with you i thought we, i thought we were pretty flat in those first 25 minutes or so uh that was the only bit i was able to watch live uh so i i had to go back to watch the, the rest of the match but i i just didn't think we weren't giving up dangerous chances or anything like that i just said we were i just didn't think we had uh whatever we were doing was not working and uh, this is where the water break gets interesting because I I feel like I don't know if it was tactical I don't know if it was I, I know there was some there was some personnel changes a little bit in there, um, but it seemed like we were able to do more with the game that we wanted to do in that latter twenty minutes of the first half to a point. Like we were, we were on the ball more. We were doing more with it, but at the same time, uh, it felt like we we kind of pressed our line up in possession, our, our back line in possession, and that opened big big piles of space for in in behind for for the Tennessee force, and in multiple times they were able to just to get the ball in behind uh, and create one on one situations with the keeper. I mean, and it, they scored on they scored on two of the three they had in the first half. I mean, I'll make a little men's team comparison to a game earlier this season. To me, this felt a little bit like the Memphis game. Um, and by that, I mean, um, 
we in the Memphis game, the men's team did not create a lot of chances. Um, but the chances we did create were massive chances. And Tennessee Forest didn't create a lot of chances in that first half, but the chances they did create were massive. And we're back. Sorry about that. Telephone calls during podcasts that you have to answer are not the best. Uh, where were we, Matthew? I think we were talking about, I was trying to make a bad comparison on all the chances yeah, you we were, making, were big. You were making an analogy to the to the men's Open Cup game uh, against Memphis. And and uh, honestly, like for the first half, I don't think that's terribly far off. Um, I think I remember seeing the first half stats in the broadcast and Knoxville had four shots, three on target, and we had three shots on target as well. I think it was just three and three. And uh, obviously they got two goals out of that though, 31st and the 38th minute. And those two chances um, they created were one-on-ones with the goalkeeper. They were very good chances. Yeah, that that 31st minute goal uh, is a tough angle to come from, but she's still in behind the defense. Uh, and that second goal is just straight up straight up one-on-one uh and, and and in fairness it's a really good ball uh from midfield like i mean it just t- takes out the defense uh but not a lot of that, that she didn't finish it quickly like there, there was a little bit of time caroline johnson made herself big tried to tried to slow her up a little bit um and i think i don't know i, I didn't think we got back fast enough um there, I think there was time to help out a little bit there, and uh, it still had to be a good finish. Once you, once the uh, the Knoxville attacker finally finally got it under her feet, uh, she still had a slotted good position. So we go into half down down two zero, and it didn't get much better from there. Yeah, I this was a tough one. This was a tough one, and I. I think uh, part of it is we're battling injuries. Um, yeah. The game was also pushed back to 8 o'clock because um, it was so hot. That definitely puts you out of your rhythm. Um, we, I think you really feel Caitlin Caminiti's um, absence here. I think she's been very good at left back and a little bit at right back as well. But um, I think, I don't know, it, it felt like the it felt like to me that one of the strengths of our last few games has been the center back pairing of Anna Lanter and somebody, whether it's been Avery or somebody else like just depends on the on the game um so rocio missed a game there and the kind of like everything was different and i felt like just the the defense was not based on the how big of the chances that we were the chances were really big that we were giving up and the defense did not play i think up to um their level from the previous games which was a bummer um but anyway that's sometimes that's how the cookie, cookie crumbles right sometimes you don't uh you don't play well, and so that first half ends uh, two nothing for um, Knoxville, and we go into the break, and yeah, it was it was a, a hopeful second half, but not. We a gave lo- up. We gave up like three more. Not a lot changed just, in the second. Like half. I guess we gave up two more one on ones, one of which was scored, the third goal in like the fifty eighth minute. Uh, we also gave up a. There was a cross from the from the byline like inside the six that the Knoxville, the Knoxville striker just skied. Uh, that was essentially one-on-one as well. Like, you know, and, and those kind of breakdowns, I think are, are indicative of that. Like it just wasn't there. Like sometimes you just don't play well and maybe the other team is just better. Like these things happen in sports. And I think there's some lessons to be learned uh, from that match. And, and frankly, like, you know, on on Friday, the I think it's the twenty fourth. Uh, the the women are going to host their last. I'm transitioning here a little bit. The women are going to host their last home game of the of the season. You know, only four home, only four away. Like it's it comes thick and fast. And they're gonna they're gonna host their last home game of the season against Nashville Rhythm, who is, I think, probably the best team in the league. Uh, beat us five one in our first game. You mean in the conference? Yeah, and then the conference. Sorry, that's yeah. not a probably. It's they're clearly <laughs> the best team. So you know, and they beat us five one at their place in the first game of the season. I'd like to. I'd like to see where we are uh, in comparison with them now. Uh, I do think we've gotten better. Uh, maybe maybe this last result notwithstanding, uh, I think there's been there's been clear improvement. I agree from the beginning of the season. So I think it's a good test. Um, and as I understand it of these five teams four make the playoffs for the conference playoffs. Yeah. Playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, I didn't actually know, realize that's how the playoffs worked. I figured it was got, top two. We've got, we've got three chances now, uh, Friday, the 24th, 
at home against Nashville Rhythm. Sunday the 26th at Knoxville, uh, who we just played. And then uh, a couple, I guess July 2 at North Alabama, the team that we've beaten. Uh, and now, you know, all three of those are big games. So shout uh, out, for, shout out to Tennessee Force, the Tennessee Force coach. Who I I should have looked up who he is, um, but I, he's a Chattanooga based um, coach. Anyway, um, he he said hello. He said he was uh, said, nice to talk to him before the game, briefly, very very briefly. Um, but they put a that Tennessee Force team put a good performance on. But where I was going with that is um, one, it was cool that like you know to have an opposing coach be happy you're there. Um, it's not a issue. It's just it was it was a nice little shout out, and then. I thought that that Knoxville Force team, if we played like we played against the um, either of the last two games, honestly, before that, either against either of the Alabama teams at home, um, or I'm sorry, against Huntsville, how we played against Huntsville. If we play like we played against Huntsville, I think we could have, um, I think we could have beat that that Tennessee Force team. I don't think they were that much better than us. I think we just had a had an off night. Um, I think we're pretty similarly. Um, set up and like you like I, I very much agree with what you said which is leading up to this game we had kind of had a, a streak of like improving a little bit every game this was a little bit of a step back but also you're not gonna unfortunately you're not gonna just improve every single game you're gonna have setbacks especially um, in a game that's where you're struggling with injuries and it's on shorter rest so yeah now we we go again um, Friday Sunday and that's gonna be a real test because that Friday night game is I mean I hate to I don't want to ever say we're um gonna lose but like that's the best team in the conference by far i think they just beat i think they just beat the other alabama team 9-0 or something they beat us you know 5-1 whatever it was so yeah we'll obviously come into that game as underdogs yeah underdogs but uh, i think i think there's i think there's a there's a big opportunity for for using the tennessee force game as kind of like a growth experience yes agreed that's where i was going uh, to, with that. to put a little corporate speak on it you know uh because we we weren't we weren't bad in we weren't bad in possession we weren't uh you know we we did some things well we created chances against against a really good team like their keeper made some a bunch of a bunch of good saves um we we struggled in exactly one moment which was the ball in behind uh and once and once the ball was played and it was onside we were you know it was one-on-one with the keeper uh, you know, you, you cut down things like uh, cut down on things like that, and and I I think this team has has made the kind of strides it needs to to be able to, you know, to nick a result in, in a playoff match. Yeah, we just got to make sure we get there first. And that that Sunday game I think is a winnable game. Um, that that Sunday away game is a winnable game. It's gonna be in the middle of the afternoon, but that's against the Knoxville Force again or the Tennessee Force. And I think we can. I'm not saying we're going to because it's gonna be on short rest and it's gonna be tough, but. I think there's a very good chance we can come out of that with a result. So, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the other game of um, the other game of, of, of this past weekend, and let's talk about CFC men at Bay Cities. Yes, uh, you know, going into this one, we just, obviously we just played Bay Cities, a, a, I guess, a couple matches ago, a few a few weeks ago, and it was one of those games where. I thought I thought we dominated. I thought we were we were in control. I thought we gave up a couple flute goals, uh, but we got the early goal. We should have had a second one that was called back, uh, erroneously called back uh, for a ball going over a line that it did not go over. Agreed. Um, Bay City has changed their tactics in the second half and really pushed uh, numbers forward. And I thought we absorbed that pressure well. I thought we. Uh, also used the space in behind to be able to counter effectively. That's how we got really goals two and three. Uh, I thought we were unlucky to concede the first one off the deflection. I think the uh, the the second one, you know, it's a it's a first time shot. Thought the defense could have been a little bit better, uh, but still a, low, a lower probability chance. Um, and and then we get the we get the fourth the backbreaker off of just a good defensive clearance, and then Luke Ferreira working working hard to, to set up Taylor Gray's, you know, third goal. Uh, so going into, going into this game, you know, coming off another three, a three zero win against Syracuse. This is the first, this is the second West coast trip. Uh, the first one was obviously the game against Valley United. 
which was a 0-0 game that we probably should have lost, but we ended up winning 3-0 on a forfeit. Um, but it's been a few months, so it's been a while since we had a big, big trip. And, you know, I was, I was curious to see what we would kind of what we would come out with. And uh, the team did not change. Uh, we've had the same lineup for the last three games now. Uh, you know, the Jones, Nags, and, and Taylor Gray up front, you know, KG, Travis, Tate, Colin, Frankie Martinez, and then the, the new three amigos in midfield, Ian, Sarah, Alex, McGrath, and Richard Dixon. I just coined that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and uh, right from the jump, two things were apparent. Uh, number one, Bay City's had more legs this time around than they did uh, in, in the game we played against them in three weeks ago. Not surprising. Not surprising. Not surprising at all. They had like they took 14 players on a trip or 15 players on a trip, played Maryland, Michigan before us. Uh, had to take vans to get there. Like it was a whole thing. And uh so they were they were pushing up high. They they wanted to press, they wanted possession, they wanted to attack immediately. And before we ever could get settled into the game, Tate takes a throw in, bombs it downfield. Uh, Nagelstad collects it, slips a little ball in behind for Brett Jones, and Brett Jones gets on the score sheet for the first time. Let's go, Brett. Yeah, so I, I think that them pressing up high really um, was a ended up being a bad decision because Marcus and Brett were just like, "See ya." Um, it's great hold up play by Marcus. Great little ball slipped in, perfect timing from Brett. And look, Brett has been dangerous in that right channel all season. And the yeah. ball just has not fallen for him. And that's a position on the field that he scored from last year a few times off the bench. Like he's proved, it's not like he's proven to not be able to score. He just, I don't know why he hasn't been able to get it through yet this year. But let me tell you, that one was a no doubter. One on one with the goalkeeper right around him, just goal and five minutes in. Roughly, we are up one nothing. Ninety seconds in. Was it ninety seconds? Okay, it was about ninety seconds. It, it, it was just great. It was great finish. Uh, great play from Nags. Didn't have to. I mean, like he he picks the ball up in stride and just sees that Brett check kind of behind him towards the center and just gives him a little one. And and Brett wisely takes it first time before the keeper can get anywhere close. Uh, and goals change games, and, and we were off the mark. I don't think Bay Cities was going to change how they how they tactically prepared for that game, right? Like they want to, even being down one, one zero, like they want to press, they want the ball. They want to, they want to attack quickly. Yeah. All these same things are, are kind of how Bay cities and Andrews pros want to play. Uh, and, you know, I thought they, I thought they actually gave us some problems with their pressure. Uh, and it's one of those things. They made it a lot harder for us to, to keep the ball and just hold possession but in doing so, and the response that we had by playing some longer balls, some bigger diagonals into space, I thought it, it made our offense just more dangerous because we had our, our three, maybe four attackers going up against four or five defenders. Yeah, so and, them, them coming... And I, and I like I like those odds. Yeah, them coming up really backfired. I, I, I think I know why they did it. Um, I, think they I don't think they can play any other way, honestly. And like they're a pretty good team. Um, Bay Cities is... I have we haven't played obviously Albion yet, and we have not played LA Force. We're going to play LA Force um, here soon, so maybe we'll see. Um, maybe we'll see some things, but I do think we have not. Um, we have not seen the strength of another team come through and really bully us since we've switched to our new formation. And I was very nervous, not nervous, probably the wrong, curious coming into this game. Nervous as well, but we've been playing really well. But curious to see how Bay City's at home because Bay, Bay City's at our place. As you talked about, like they were not great, but they gave us some problems still. And then they scored those two goals, and you know they were low probability chances, but they still scored. And so I was a little bit um, nervous slash curious to see how we would do away from home. And we just dominated from kind of end to end. And every time they pressed forward, I mean, I remember two in particular, one each way, one to the left and one to the right. Frankie Martinez long balls from center back just over the top into space to an attacker to create a big chance um, or at least create a dangerous you know, attacking opportunity. We, When we needed to bypass them over the top, we bypassed them. When we needed to pass through them, we passed through them. And that's not to say that like every moment of the game was perfect, but 
we kept up the exact thing that we've been keeping up the last, you know, four games or, or so. Like we're just we're pretty dominant beginning to end, and we finished those chances. So something about Marcus um, that we've we've said this before. I think we said this preseason. Um, you know, you need you need a, a striker that finishes goals, and I honestly like. Uh, thought Marcus had maybe one of his poorer games from a defensive standpoint. He just looked a little bit gassed um, pressing this game. Like, I don't think he was poor, but like uh, by his standards, maybe just wasn't as good as he's been the last couple, um, the last couple games. And it just didn't matter because when it, when it came down to it, first of all, he took that chance perfectly and scored. Um, it's a great in in the 18th minute. It's a great chance. And we'll get there in a second. I know I'm skipping ahead, but also he played a few balls when given the opportunity for the assist for Brett. And then a few other balls, like when the ball gets to him, like it's not as important what he does on defense. And I'm not saying defense doesn't matter, but even when a striker is having, uh, maybe a little bit tougher game, maybe there's the travel, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he had a fine game and he would, you know, maybe he would argue with that, but, um, it just didn't matter because when it comes down to it, the moments that, that where we needed to seal off the game, he was integral in those moments. And yeah, I was really, really happy to see the team uh, just be really clinical. Yeah. I, I thought it's interesting. You mentioned Marcus. Cause I, I do remember him having to make long, long uh, pressing runs uh, to put pressure on, on base cities. And I, and I honestly, I thought base cities was able to play through, play through our, our first couple lines pretty well. Um, things broke down for them as soon as they got to Richard Dixon and and the rest of the, the rest of the, the back line. You know um, what, you know, one thing I noticed too, in this game, we didn't, I felt like the back line, well, Travis certainly got forward some and Tate certainly got forward some. Once we got that early goal, I felt we were really pragmatic with our back five, Richard and the, and the back four. They stayed back more than they normally do. They kept the ball in possession when they needed to, but I think maybe because Bay Cities was coming forward so much and pushing up, we just stayed back a little bit, absorbed a little more pressure, and then hit it over the top when we needed to to our attackers. And then you still had you know, our front six, or our front five, excuse me, like really going for it um, forward. Like, like Alex was still going forward. Ian was still going forward. Um, and all obviously the front three were going forward, but we were not as we were not as uh, forward with our fullbacks, and I think that was maybe it's because we scored early, but also because of how they were playing. But I thought it was very very effective in managing that game because they just were not dangerous because we had numbers back, and every time they would get in the space, we had not only the player to make the play, but we had numbers in case that player missed or in case that you know there was a there was no mismatches. They weren't getting five on ones or five on threes. Yeah, I I, I thought that. There were and 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 maybe the, the the game plan in terms of keeping keeping you know extra numbers back. I think it was a smart decision because there were a couple times we got caught with numbers forward and basically was was able to play through the play through our press and and really put the ball in a couple dangerous positions uh, that were usually snuffed out. Uh, but they created a massive massive opportunity somewhere in the I think it was already three zero somewhere in like the sixty fifth minute or something like that. And uh, and KG makes an incredibly good save. Yeah, he did. Uh, he made a couple. He made a couple of good saves on the night, but one was just cat-like reflexes. That was him going uh, to his right, correct? Yeah, the one going to his right. Yeah, that uh, was a great save. Basically, one on one. And 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 it's one of those. It's one of those saves where, you know, I think that was really one of the last times that base cities looked dangerous at all. Uh, and similar to the to the game at home. We led in that first goal. Yes, it was deflected, whatever. But basically, he's like, it's a little bit of life and belief in him and go on to score the second goal. And the opportunity for that uh, did not exist with that kind of with that kind of big time save. By the way, throwback to the women's game earlier on in the week. Caroline also had a one on one save that was spectacular. Two. Um, yeah, was just one that ended up in a goal, but one that was just like just a save and, and they didn't score. So um, both of our goalkeepers, uh, having some one-on-one opportunities and making some big saves this weekend. Uh, obviously the one result didn't go our way, but it was nice to see uh, good play at the back as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so let's go back to the second goal briefly here. Uh, Taylor Gray clips the ball in. I think it's a little bit of a deflected on the way. Alex McGrath is trying to shoot it. Uh, yeah. And- I, I wondered, I couldn't tell. I, I, it was hard to see on that replay, but he, uh, I think he is trying to shoot because him and Marcus are side by side. Just like the, amount of, the amount of force he puts on that ball. He's absolutely he always, trying to shoot it. He, he had two shots. That's his channel, that left channel. Like he loves to get a shot in from there. I mean, he had from, we talked about this, him being at the six and having like four shots in that game. Like he had yeah. two from right there up close and yeah, he's definitely trying to shoot. You're right. Uh, but it, it's just, he kind of fires it right into Marcus's chest and Marcus. I don't know how Marcus settles that ball, by the way, I have uh, absolutely no clue. 
and and but he settles it and he just bangs and he takes so one thing that like marcus's superpower besides just hitting the ball like really really well is like his patience and knowing how much time he has like that's such a thing you do. I don't think you can, maybe you can teach it, but like, I don't think you can teach his just spatial awareness. It's like the ball he plays across to Ian in that other game where he knows Ian's coming, but he takes the space. Like it's the knowing that you don't have to get off the shot quick or you have to get off the shot quick. He settles it and just knows that he has that full half second to make his shot. And then he hits it up and over the keeper, like keeper goes low. It's just, it's great patience. It's great awareness. And you know, it's that thing I was saying earlier, like you don't have to have the best game all you have to do is be if, if you're the striker you need to be the right like you need to be right in the right moments and he was absolutely right in that moment and that was such a dagger for them once we got that second one i felt like you saw the belief kind of leaving uh the bay cities um yeah team for they, sure they they really deflated after that second goal i felt like you know they played they i def, they definitely deflated um a lot basically just because of the way the goal actually happened um and it but like they came, like they still were able to press. They were still able to, to move the ball. I thought, I thought they played their game plan well. I don't think it worked necessarily, but they're the kind of team. And listen, they were missing their leading scorer, uh, who was out yes, with thank the red God. card. Thank God. They were missing their probably best number nine, who's out injured. So they've got some pieces that will eventually come back for them. Um. Uh, but you know, I, I thought I thought we did we did everything we were supposed to do. Uh, we didn't we didn't cre- we didn't let them create more than one big chance. Uh, we took our chances as soon as they came, buried them like we we're supposed to, and then and then managed the game from those moments from there. Um, and you know, actually, I want to point out something here. Uh, still in the first half, uh, we're up we're up two to zero. Uh, Bay Cities is in possession. They recycle the ball back, uh, back to the keeper. And Ian Zero, who oftentimes, like if if one of the two midfielders, like the eights or the tens, however you want to classify them, oftentimes you see one of them pressing. It's Alex McGrath. Mm-hmm. I thought we saw a lot more of Ian Zero on the press this game, and in this particular moment, Ian Zero just darts after the keeper, puts the keeper under pressure, and almost almost steals the ball for an open net uh but ball goes off the keeper and out for a corner and it's in this corner where are you sure that wasn't brett goal. are you sure that wasn't brett on the pressure that was there? ian Sero, man all right i was ian Sero. that was good it was, it good was fantastic it was great uh and and mcgrath takes the corner uh it's probably not his best work uh and it's de- deflected by a base city's head right to Colin Stripling, who just settles it and, and sends it back across uh, kind of the face of goal to the back post, exactly what you're supposed to do in that situation. And, and it's, the perfect, Ward, it's the perfect height, and it loops right over. Yeah. Right to the foot of Travis and the, Ward. And the wild card, Travis Ward, just... Bangs that thing in. So good, so good. Honestly, very similar to... Throw, another throwback to the Memphis game. The the position he was in the Memphis game where he hit it off the keeper yes. from a similar position, and then... And then um, was it Spielman Taylor? hit off the keeper. Oh, sorry. Spielman hit off the keeper, then he scored. Sorry. So it was that same like run at the back post. My bad. I had a little bit confused there. But yes, yeah, the same run at the back post is my point. And it's a very dangerous run. It's a very good play. And yeah, suddenly we're... And I was I couldn't tell what celebration he did. I could tell he was like, don't touch me. No one touch me. I have a celebration to do, which I love that energy. <laughs> I love that energy. I think we need to figure out sometime if he's got... If each time he scores, he is going to do a different celebration. Yeah. It's a good question uh, for the for the next time. We'll have to we'll have to ask them that one day. It's a good question, but yeah, it was three nothing, and that was basically all she wrote. As you pointed out, they had a couple uh, big chances, one of which you know was one on one that KG saved, but they really didn't have any sustained um, like oh, there's a goal coming moments. Like they they weren't. No. They're a pretty decent team, so I'm not trying to they're, take anything away from them. But like we were just better the whole the game. The interesting thing about about the second half is like this game was not like we didn't like just bunker down and like let Bay Cities have the ball and you know, stifled or whatever. Like this game was remarkably open in the second half. And um, I think obviously like that's just how Bay Cities plays. And, and we were, I, I thought we were willing to, to not similar to the first half, not keep possession. We can just play over the top into some space and, and, and just go create a little bit more. Uh, it just led to a really open game in the, uh, in the second half. 
And I'm curious, I'm curious, honestly, how much that might affect us in, in the LA force match. Uh, Cause that was a lot of running and midweek matches are never easy. Uh, and I'll, I'll be curious to see like, how does, how does the press operate? How do you manage legs? What's the general fitness of, of the guys? Yeah. So I do have, um, a, I have a little critique here. Um, I think I, I, w- I was yelling pretty, um, maybe not yelling, but I was saying out loud, like a bunch that are you saying that you have, you have opinions that might, uh, be different than the person who gets paid to coach the team. Yes. Um, so okay. I, I have, I, I have opinions. Oh, too. you too. Oh man. That's why we have a podcast so that we can, uh, <laughs> you know, tell the world other opinions they didn't ask for. Um, so I was is, about to sit, uh, at the, at halftime, I, w- I wish, and I, I'll, I'll give what I wish would have happened and then I'll give why I think it didn't happen. And I, why I think, you know, obviously I don't get paid to coach the team. That'd be dumb. I'm, I'm dumb, but I really wanted to see two subs at halftime. Um, I thought we were clearly in the control of that game. And I, I was hoping we'd see, um, Marcus and somebody else brought out to save them for LA. Um, I, I say Marcus, cause again, I thought he looked a little bit winded. Um, and you know, I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I just, I thought his pressing was not quite as sharp as it, as it sometimes is. The amount of running he had to do was a lot. And I would have rather seen somebody else come in and run now that we're up three, nothing, but didn't happen. I would have loved to see Ferreira or somebody, or, or you could shift Brett up top and you could put somebody out wide. Um, but it didn't happen obviously. And then I really wanted to see around the 60th or the 65th minute, just three subs, like get some guys that we know might be, and I don't know who they are, right? Like my, my prediction there with Marcus, but like, it doesn't matter. Get some players off the field so they can be fresh for LA force because we're going to need it. Um, man, we didn't make those subs until late. I think the reason is because last time Bay cities was, you know, they, they had that run in the second half where they came back on those two goals. We, we did make, we did make a couple subs and then they immediately scored so. last time, last time. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm sure that was Rod's thought. You gotta, you know, like this is likely the second best team in the West and maybe like the fourth best team or third best team. And maybe I'm saying maybe in Nisa. So like, I understand you don't want to take too many risks, but man, we'll see how we look against LA. Now, I think we said before this, um, this, yeah, we did say, we said in the last podcast, like what would be an acceptable uh, amount of results for this? Well, the minimum acceptable thing for both of us was four points um, or three points and then like an unlucky loss or whatever else. So we already got those three points. So I'll give Rad credit for that. But uh, with the amount of running that happened in the second half, I would have liked to see some more subs. One thing that Rod doesn't do is rotate his team very much, um, at least not for no reason, right? He told us in in the podcast we did with him in the preseason that he you have to be 90 minutes fit or you don't play. Um, there is no starting and going for 60 minutes of plan substitution. You're going to go 90 minutes or you're going to be able to go 90 minutes, I should say. Um, so I respect that. And I also respect that once you get a good thing going, this lineup has been clicking. You know, this is... Is this four or five straight? Is this five straight wins, right? Uh, let's see. Maryland, Flower City, Bay Cities, Syracuse, Bay Cities. Yes, it's five straight wins. Like, and and the lineup has been effective. We've been scoring goals. Like, uh, so I'm not like I think the right thing to do is to be consistent. But I thought there was some moments to maybe rest some legs here, and we we didn't do it, and that was a risk. And we'll see how that pays off uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. So speaking of Wednesday, uh, you know, LA Force played Sunday night, a, a night after us in Syracuse, New York. Uh, they won that game two to one. And, you know, so like Monday's a travel day for them. Tuesday's a, a, a preparation day. And then Wednesday we go. So it'll be interesting. You know, we're, we're on tired legs. They're on tired legs with a cross country flight. And we're, yeah, and we're staying in, I, it looked like the guys were off yesterday. Um, I saw some pictures on Instagram. It just look like the guys are probably off. Um, them walking around, them sightseeing them. And I, that, that's the right thing, right? Usually they are off the day after a, a game. Yeah. So the fact that we're staying out on the West Coast, I think they're on the train today. Um, I assume going down to, or yeah, be down to LA um, is my guess because I saw the some pictures on Instagram. So that's really good. I love all of that. Um, I just, and I think that that does set us up with an advantage, but I, yeah, LA Force is a sleeping giant, in my opinion. They are a very talented roster. Um, they got rid of their coach, and they have not played well since they got rid of their coach, and maybe that continues, but also we've lost enough to LA Force in the past, and we've played point, a, yeah, enough. Point good. of order, their coach quit. Okay, works. Shout out, Talis. Good for you. Um, yeah, look, <laughs> fuck, fuck Bob Freeland and the LA Force, but, like, they are a team that has a talented roster and could come... I. Look, I don't think we're going to lose. Uh, I think we're playing well. I think we should be in good shape to get a result. But 
they could they could come out and beat us three nothing. It's possible, and it wouldn't be the sh- most shocking thing because just because they're not playing well right now doesn't mean they don't have the tools and the talent to to get things done. So I'm I'm nervous about this game. Uh, much more nervous actually about the LA game, believe it or not, than I was about Bay Cities because I think that um, LA just has a more talented roster, and if they suddenly put it together, it could be a problem. Let me let me vocalize your fears about not rotating the squad uh, in a way that goes beyond the LA Force game. We'll play we'll play LA Force Wednesday night. We'll fly home on Thursday. And oh, by the way, the Michigan Stars are in town on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, I'm nervous so about it, that game not, too. It, it's not just it's not just going Saturday, Wednesday on the West Coast. It's having to fly home. I think we're doing we're doing the LA Force thing just right after we played them flying home yeah. uh, against an opponent that granted Michigan will have to travel down as well, but you know, it's a, mm-hmm. it, it, this is a, this is a bit of a stretch. This might be our first tough stretch in terms of fixture congestion. Like our first time having a midweek match in between of two weekend matches. And that wasn't an open cup and that we didn't have, uh, we didn't have, we had real travel. So we have real travel, even our open cup stuff. We didn't have real travel going on. So like this is West coast travel. I mean, so I will say here's let's, before we wrap this up. So the second half's pretty, again, two big saves from KG. We got the, we got the job done. Nice to see Nick Spielman get a few minutes there at the end. Nice to see like the players, um, you know, really fight for each other. Like they got, you know, chippy. Let's talk, I guess let's talk about the red card before we get to the end here. So the game starts getting chippy. Bay cities, fuck Bay cities, dude. I, they're starting to be a, kind of a rival for me. Like the, that's two games where there's been fisticuffs during the game should have been a red card. I think in that first game, um, for their shenanigans and this game, um, there was a bad foul on Richard Dixon that should have been, I think it was Richard Dixon that should have been a, um, it should have been a, a yellow or a red. I think she comes in or it's yeah, she comes in with a yellow immediately and it's like, you know, and that was good. And then one of their players comes in and shoves one of our players and that should have my opinion, that should have been a red or should have been yellow. It's nothing. Probably not a red, but you red would have been a little harsh. But that guy was out of control, and it's that guy that one minute later or whatever commits a foul and gets a red. Yeah, he's card. just he's just looking to foul right there. Like he's not trying to do anything else. No, like, no. It's a it's a deliberate and to the referee's credit, like so she doesn't give him anything on the first one. And then she immediately gives him a red on the second one because she knows that like that's the guy that was out of control in the one before. Um yep. but this Bay City's team is chippy. Um they were chippy against us. There was fist again a bunch of fisty cuffs in the first one. There was fisty cuffs in this one. Um second time we played Bay Cities I've seen Tate pick up one of our players and move them. Good on you, Tate. Way to go, buddy. Um, you know, keeping people out. Um, nice, nice to see old, old Spunky back in the middle uh, telling people to go away. So it's nice when he comes running in because, you know, no one wants any of Spunky. Um, but yeah, it was it was a, a chippy end of the game and they get a red card and, you know, they can get fucked. But we were ne- it was never in doubt. And uh, yeah, you have anything to add on that last little bit? Uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, although I think, I think it's, we're seeing now the the teams that are that are losing games. I'm going to make a broad hot take here, actually. Why not? And I'll see if you agree with me here. It seems like there are in these, at least, I don't know about League One. I'm pretty sure this doesn't happen in the championship very often. But it seems like in NISA, there are a lot of guys who most of their experience is amateur ball prior to NISA. And they just don't carry themselves in a professional manner. Uh, and, you know, like these, the two games against Bay Cities are not, are not the, the first chippy, chippy games we played. Uh, and they're certainly not the first chippy games this season around the league. And I wonder if it's just like the step up and the emotion uh, that like professional soccer produces is just too much for some of these mostly amateurs, really amateur players. Yep. I get it. Um, I don't disagree. I don't. like this shit. This shit does not fly at, at other levels of professional soccer in this country. It just doesn't. Uh, and I, I think that's a mentality thing personally. Yeah. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And and I'm, I'm glad how we, our guys kept their cool, um, really stayed out of like, I mean, look, there were some heated moments, right? But no, none of our guys got a, a red. I don't think any of our guys even got a yellow. Um, we, we stayed out of it. It was good. And now, um, before we close up here, I'll ask you, what do you want to see from these next two games? So obviously you and I said, we want to see a result and I don't think that's changed, right? We want to see either a draw or a win. Um, you never root for a draw, but a draw is kind of the minimum against LA force, especially with how well we're playing. And I think we should be able to get all three points. Um, but you got 
LA, you got Michigan. What are you hoping to see from a squad rotation perspective? What are you hoping to see from a results perspective? And yeah, how do you, uh, what are you predicting slash hoping for for the next couple of games? The overarching thing for me is get six points. Uh, I don't care what happens with squad rotation if there's six points. Um, I have a feeling there won't be much, honestly. Uh, if anything, I think you make tactical changes with the starting group that we've had the last three games earlier if you need to, is my guess. Uh, because this is this is honestly the first stretch of midweek games. It's not like we've had, like this will be our first stretch of three games in eight days or whatever. Like it's not like we've been doing this already. So the guys should still be relatively fresh and ready for something like this. Um, I'm a little different than you when it comes to LA force. They don't actually scare me. They're not very, they're just not very good. They don't play very good. Um, all the, all the really big, scary players that we're worried about are old and fat. So, you know, they've got some decent players. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, and knowing Bob Freeland, he's probably got three new players like ready to go. Uh, this weekend that I'm sure won't get cleared and we'll still play them anyway. Uh, on that's just how things work. On tourist visas, getting paid cash under the table, just like yeah, uh, almost, Valley? Almost certainly. Yeah. Ask yourself if the league ever did an audit on every player in the league. Doubtful. They can't. Because Bob Friedman fucking plays illegal players all the time. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So you're you're saying that you you saying you think you, you want to see us get a result. Doesn't matter the they're rotation. Not, how, about Mich- that, how about Michigan not, Stars? LA Force just isn't that good. Okay. Like, listen, if fucking Syracuse is scoring on you right now, like you're just not that good. They, that team scored for the first time in like 430 minutes. You could say they're due. They were due, uh, but that's not the point. Former CFC players connecting there. Kyle with a a, a shot at, that the goalkeeper saves, and Caleb puts it back on a double rebound. So good job, Caleb. Yeah, shout out. Um, um, Michigan Stars. I realize that Michigan Stars only has one loss this season uh, against Cal United, the probably you know other best team in the league. Um, I just don't think Michigan Stars is good. I just don't. Uh, speaking of other teams that play illegal players and probably tourist visas, um, they're they're just they're not good. What they are is classic Michigan Stars. Uh, they play like. You can look at their back line and it's like six five, six four, and six three. You know, they play a six four striker. They can bring backups off the bench that are six five. Like there's a They got even more Michigan stars. Somehow. Yeah, I, they've they've improved the concept of Michigan stars. They went, oh, Syracuse wants to be a little Michigan starsy with some, you know, big physical pros. We'll show you. Yeah. So they they've gone out and they've they've like they're not gonna Michigan Stars is not gonna come out here dominate a possession game against us. That's just not going to happen. What they are going to do is try to put bodies back, uh, clam up, clam up some passing lanes. They're not going to let us get in behind like Bay cities will. It will be tough to break them down. They will be dangerous on set pieces, very dangerous on set pieces. And they will also be dangerous from long balls from the back and restarts from the back because they can send it up to a tree like Leon Marich who can hold, who has a decent hold up player. Uh, and, and everyone's, everyone's fa- favorite little shit bag to rag on Steven Yukai, the, you know, the owner's son, he's a decent player. Like he he's got a, he's a good striker of the ball, Espe- especially in transition. He, he can, yeah, he got decent athleticism. Like he can serve a ball in, he can shoot. Like he's someone to watch. Like he's a, he's a pretty dangerous player and they are not, they are better than the, the sum of their parts is better than like who they are as individuals to their credit. They are not, I don't think they're a great team. I think they can be found out. I don't think they've played it, you know, outside of Cal United, not really played anybody. So, you know, I'll be curious. I'll be curious how they, how they handle Finley. Uh, I'll be the first real atmosphere they've played in this year. Um, but ultimately, I mean, they played, wanna, did they play at Detroit? Be the best team. If they want to be the best team in the East, they did play in Detroit in the Open Cup. Uh, whatever. Who cares? Uh, if we want to be the best team in the East, then, like, you got to be Michigan Stars. Yeah, 100%. So... Like, I'm worried about that, coming... I'm worried about coming in tired against them. Um, that's a game that I'd, I'd like to 
we'll see what Rod does. I don't think he's going to rotate much. I think you're exactly right. We're still pretty fresh, so he's not going to rotate much. I do hope we see some subs a little earlier to keep guys a little fresher, but we'll see what happens. But I don't think we're going to rotate very much. Um, I would love to see Spielman get the start against uh, Michigan Stars because I think you're just going to need like a bigger body in there. And Frankie's fine, and so is Colin, but I wouldn't mind seeing Colin in the midfield so that you have a larger body in the midfield giving one of those guys a rest, maybe Ian Sarah or and starting him at that right side at eight. I mean, we'll see. I'm not calling for somebody to get benched, but I would just, I think against Michigan Stars, we won't see rotation, but I think that could work out uh, maybe not in our favor because they're big and athletic. And I think, you know, we could we could lose 2 1 on set piece goals because they're just enormous and they only have two chances all game and they score two goals. And that would be a bummer. So I'm not, I'm not predicting that's going to happen. I'm not super scared of the stars. I think we're a far it's better also, team than they it's are. Also but. A move, it's also a move you can make when you want to make a tactical adjustment if you're up 1 0 or something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think to like shore up to shore up your ability to defend set pieces. Yeah, totally, totally. But um, yeah, I hope we see some rotation. But um, I, my prediction is the same as yours. I don't think we see much at all. But I would be I would be pleasantly surprised to see some either early subs or some more rota- uh, more rotation against those two teams, a player or two, just to keep guys fresh. But you know, I just was scrolling through the calendar here as we were talking, and we just don't play. We do have some uh, some months where we have some midweek games, but we don't play. You know, six games in. Um, 14 days very often. So, or at yeah. all actually. So um, that kind of shakes and, out well for I'll, us. Yeah. I'll just point out also that like we can speculate all we want here, but like, seems like I'm just going to, you know, make a baseless point of speculation here, but it seems like Rod's doing a pretty good job with this team. Yeah. It seems like you and I uh, uh, shouldn't have much to critique for sure. <laughs> we actually, we don't so, have I much. Mean, We're very much like grasping at straws here. Let's be real. Maybe, maybe the whole in Rod we trust thing uh, holds, holds pretty well right now. I think it does. I think it does. Well, Matthew, uh, thank you for joining me today from the great white North. Thank you for taking time out of your drinking to uh, make a podcast. And uh, yeah, anything, any last minute uh, things you need? Uh, no, it's just it's just been a really good uh, been a really good week up here, and I'm looking forward to getting home, and looking forward to be at the fort on Friday night. Can't wait, man! We go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Sunday's away at Knoxville. Friday and Saturday are both home. So come out, support the uh, men's and women's teams. And Matt, if the people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at whiskey is fine. You can find me on Instagram at I am Coniglio. You can find the pod at the Section One Hundred Nine Podcast. Thanks, everybody.